We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG-TV. That's right. You can find us on Twitch every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us as we interview guests, we do live loops, and sometimes we have in-studio performances. Tune in at twitch.tv slash we speak English good. Also, go check out our sponsor, modedstudios.com. M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. Moded Studios has all your favorite patches and apparel. Go check them out. Some of the hottest sellers are the Wu-Tang patches. Get a Wu-Tang patch that represents your country, your sports team, or just your favorite design. ModedStudios.com. Now on with the show. Welcome to the 300th episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for 300 amazing episodes. And this one right here is is one of the best that we've done so far. We have on Ari O'Neill. Ari O'Neill is a Fender guitarist who has played for Beyonce, Jay-Z, Lizzo, Ariana Grande, Ice Cube, Designer, Alicia Keys, NAO, Fantasia. The list goes on and on and on. She is an incredible player and her Instagram is popping. So I definitely suggest you guys go and get in the show notes and click on that link and make sure you go and follow up your girl. She is amazing. I mean, she's just an amazing player. I have so much respect for what she does. And uh, we had such a wonderful conversation about uh, her journey so far in the music business. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But first, go to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and go check out the latest from Raina Mystique, which is Stu. She has a single out, is a reggae jam. Uh, she also is streaming on Twitch. She is streaming on Twitch on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Saturdays. I think she's just going with a wild card on Saturdays. So go check out Raina Mystique and... Uh, uh, and check her out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mystique. You can also find We Speak English Good on Twitch every Monday and Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Times on Mondays. And on Fridays, we are at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please do come through. You're just going to get way more out of the, 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 the Twitch stream than you are ever going to get out of the audio version of the podcast. Uh, for example, we have a live music stream coming up in March where we are going to we're gonna have a full band on stream. We play games, you win prizes. We have Cypher Deluxe on stream, which uh, which we open up the our Discord to the community so you can come in and spit a hot 16 or sing a song or, or, or read a poem, whatever you want to do to express yourself. We are opening up space 
on on the stream for our community members. So please do come through to twitch.tv slash we speak English good and check us out, please. And also, just so you guys know, it's pretty dope. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, also, go like, subscribe, and review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, anywhere you can find us. All the links are in the show notes. Go follow us up to stay up to date with upcoming guests and special events that we are doing for the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Please do follow or subscribe. You can also subscribe on YouTube, which has all the episodes from the Twitch stream up. And also, I have a bunch of old episodes on a hard drive that I need to upload to YouTube. It's a bunch of episodes that are um, from our from way back in the day uh, when we were live streaming on Facebook. The for, when Facebook first started live streaming, so uh, I got, I got to put those up. They're really interesting. They're just old episodes, but that's where I'm going to put them up on the YouTube. You can also find music tutorials over there. You could uh, and, and 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 silly crap that I've done over the years. Also, you can subscribe to us on Twitch. It'll cost you a few dollars, but let me tell you that money goes to a good place. It helps support the show, it helps support the audio podcast, it helps support the stream. So please do come through the Twitch stream and drop a sub on us. You can also leave a review. Now this one is pretty important and it's the one thing that you can do that is absolutely free that helps us out so much is leave a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere you can leave a review. It helps us to be found in the algorithm of the podcasting universe. Anyways, so that is that. Uh, I, I, I'm i super excited to talk to Ari. Uh, we have so, you guys, I'm serious about this live stream come through okay this friday we have wander truly coming back today today actually we have wander truly on air at 3 p.m eastern standard time she has been on the show before from our days back in van lifing so please come through uh we have so many good oh my gosh how can i forget jesus molina Jesus Molina, the piano player, Nord endorsed piano player. Jose Molina will be on the show. Ash Wednesday. That's right. Jesus rises on Ash Wednesday. Or Jesus, anyways. So please come through. I'm so excited to have Jesus on the show. He is. Uh, he has international claim. He is an amazing pianist and multi-instrumentalist. I, I'm just over the moon about this. So please do. It's next Wednesday, which I don't even know what that date is. What is that date? I'm going to look. Hold on. We're going to do this. <clears throat> okay. That's not it. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Where's my calendar? We're getting that date or else we're not moving on, bro. There it is. On February 17th, it's a Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jesus Molina will be on the show. Again, Jesus Molina will be on the show next Wednesday on the live stream. And then we'll probably probably be promptly releasing his uh, the, the actual audio the next Friday on the 19th. So 
just keep that in mind. We also, oh my God, I forgot. Monday as well on the 15th, we have Scott Tournay of Electric Voodoo. Now, he, Scott is a well-known guitarist. He played with, um, what the heck was Nocturnals? It was, uh, what's her name? Uh, band. What is her name? Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. So, Scott is the original guitarist for Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Before Grace Potter broke off into a solo career. So hopefully, my hope is that we're going to talk about because Scott has been on the show before. Also, Electric Voodoo has a new single out. So we're going to be talking about that. So that's Monday the 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Scott Tournay of Electric Voodoo and Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. And then we have Wednesday the 17th with Jose Molina of Nord and just of International acclaim as just an amazing 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 musician so very exciting stuff coming up and i i I really appreciate all of y'all for for hanging out with us for 300 episodes i'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side of the interview i want to get to ari so put your hands together for ari o'neill Is it okay if I call you Ari? Because I, I hear other people call you Ariel. Uh, so I wasn't sure. I, I know you go by Ari, but you know I, I didn't want to be too familiar. We are just meeting after all. <laughs> no, Ari is fine. Ariel is my actual name, but you know everybody calls me Ari. Yeah, is that is that a, a name that sort of started in childhood? No, I didn't get that name until college. Uh-huh. Um, it's always been Ariel, but so many people were pronouncing it wrong so my line sisters kind of gave it to me and i just kind of went with that yeah there you go and and, and it stuck and it works yeah and here yeah. we are uh anyways you know what something that stuck out to me when i was sort of looking into your you know into your background is that you were homeschooled yeah and well and you know i'm sure you get a mix of reactions when you tell people that but for me personally you know due to the pandemic uh we're homeschooling our child right now so it's it's been Mm -hmm. really interesting uh what was your experience like is that something that uh that you that you really appreciate about your upbringing or is that something that you you kind of wish you went to public school and sort of you know, worked it out in in in, uh, in 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 the school system. Uh, before I loved it, uh, because I was being bullied uh, in school. So I was in. I did second and third grade. That was it. Um, you were being bullied. Was, you were being bullied yeah. in second and third grade. You know, kids are mean. Oh, I like, do. It, it was never anything like too physical, but it's a lot of like verbal stuff. Yeah, well, that so, can be um, that can just be just as painful, if not yeah, more. If not more, it it'll stick with you. So, yeah. my sister was a bully in school. She wasn't my bully, but she was a bully. <laughs> How so messed it was, like, up would that be? Opposite ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your sister was the bully. You were the the, the victim, and. Well, and, well, how 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 uh, awkward would that have been if you were being bullied right. by your own sister? Right. So because she was 
you know, getting in trouble. She was actually homeschooled first. And oh. I begged my mother, please take me out. And I loved it because I'm more, I've always been kind of more of a homebody. I didn't really have a lot of friends or anything like that. But now as an adult looking back, I wish I would have gotten those experiences of school, like prom and stuff like that, but more so the social stuff, because sometimes I feel like when I talk to other people, it's kind of like, I, I don't know how to work with this situation because <laughs> I didn't have that kind of experience. Yeah, no, I understand what you say. It's like you kind of uh, kind of can miss some social cues, right? Some, some yeah. body language. So, just, no, no, I, I understand. I understand where you just sort of, because uh, you didn't have that social aspect coming up. So so sometimes it can be a little weird. I, I went yeah. to I went to public school and 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 I still have a hard time talking to people. Like right now, my hands are pretty sweaty. It's gross. It's what? Like, I swear, I swear. I still have anxiety. I still have all that shyness. But uh, yeah. I think I th- it was just a different situation for me. But for you, uh, so so your your parents were able to to do the homeschooling. Then did did your mom like work from home or something, or did your parents so- work from home or? My dad uh, actually, he had eight siblings. So I have eight oh. siblings. And um, he what? had eight siblings. It was nine of them in their house. Oh. So the way they grew up, my grandfather was working odd jobs and their mother stayed home. And he always wanted that. So he would work odd jobs. My mom, she was laid off from two of her jobs. And at that point she was like, well, I guess this is a sign. Like I need to stay home with the kids. So my dad was working, my mom's home, but you know, I really didn't need that much teaching. It was more so just like reading and doing your work. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I liked being home anyway, and I liked studying and reading and stuff. I, it felt almost like my mom was just checking to make sure I was doing it. And I was kind of just doing it myself. <laughs> That that's awesome. I wish that was a problem we had with our son. My son absolutely hates it. It's like it's really? like it's school time and it's like it's at least fifteen to twenty minutes of just just savage crying and, and just, just <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's crazy. But uh, I wish he had that that uh, that go get it spirit like you had. But uh, well, I, I mean, I if I had friends and if I was more like outgoing and social, like all of my siblings are that way. Mm. So even though we were homeschooled, they would always be out in the neighborhood, and you know we were all involved in like you know golf or taekwondo and things like that and they would just make friends anywhere yeah. i kind of just like okay you're my brother or my sister's friend okay so you have to be my friend because you're their friend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if i was more social like that then i probably wouldn't have been as studious <laughs> yeah yeah i i feel you i feel you. yeah yeah as soon as i started making friends in high school like my grades went straight to <laughs> to the dump because it was just it was terrible i, I was a terrible student <laughs> Um, I I just, I, I, I always find it interesting that, um, you know, like you're saying, what you're saying is, you know, I like to be home. I like to be, you know, you don't mind being by yourself. You don't mind studying by yourself. Um, you know, like I I take that as like, you might be a little shy sometimes. Uh, but it's always interesting to me. Ziggy, Ziggy is raiding. Excuse me. Uh, Ari, Ziggy, I didn't, are you, do you stream, Ziggy? I didn't know you stream. Uh, welcome, everybody. We are talking to Ari O'Neill. She is a guitarist. 
Thank you for coming over, Ziggy. I appreciate you bringing your friends. I should sleep. Go ahead, Ziggy. Go to bed. You're encouraged. <laughs> Primordial Sounds, thank you so much for that follow. We're talking to Ari O'Neill. She is a professional guitar player. She plays. Uh, she is a Fender artist, uh, Miss Fender, I should say. Uh, uh, and uh, she's played with Beyonce, Jay-Z, uh, Lizzo, a lot of different amazing artist that uh there's just too many to list so yeah so welcome you guys you guys came at the right time um yeah you were playing octopath traveler never even heard of that awesome <laughs> well welcome to this I, I didn't know you streamed ziggy so but i appreciate you coming on over with your peeps girl 2.0 welcome welcome thank you for being here um uh, uh, well, I always find it interesting how people, because I'm super shy too, and I have a lot, lots of anxious things going on. I, mine is more anxiety based, but yeah. uh, I always find it interesting that shy people tend to, uh, or not tend to, but but some will choose to go into a profession that puts you in these situations where you have to face a lot of people and like 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 performance you know like it's interesting to me that that you're shy and you know you had this sort of i mean i'm not trying to say you're closed off or anything you had a closed up upbringing but you know it's just interesting that you grew up to want to be a performer and that's what i find is like when when i talk to a lot of artists is like they really enjoy the performance. They really enjoy all the other stuff. But sometimes, like the afterwards and the the schmoozing, can be a little weird or awkward. So yeah. Is that is that for you? For me, it's like that. I, I'm just terrible at it. I've gotten better over the years. But uh, is is the in between playing? Is that is that? Can it be a little awkward for you when people are coming up to you and be like, "Oh my God, you're the best" and all that stuff? Yeah, it's really awkward because I feel like with people in general, like we don't know how to take compliments mm. and um when i perform it feels just like another persona like on stage i can be whoever i want to be yeah so it's not necessarily me and i get to have fun like i'm this person i wish i could be that all the time and i probably can but it's just too much energy to walk around like that all day <laughs> and <laughs> i'm like yeah we'll, we'll just save it for the stage but yeah. Afterward, it is, it is kind of awkward just because it's like, oh, you're so green. I wish I could play, and my daughter looks up to you and this and that. Like, that's so nice, girl. I love your shirt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to divert it just because I, I, I can't figure out the in between from being like humble or just being kind of like an asshole. Like I feel like musicians that have a problem with that is some musicians who are just so arrogant about their playing. And I just don't see myself that way. I don't like that kind of attitude, but I don't want to be so standoffish that it's like, I'm awkward. Oh my God. Yeah. So I don't know, that's what the stage is for to be who you want to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and you and you definitely. I mean, you put all your all into it. I'm just watching some of these performances of you, and you're you get you get into it, and uh, I I like that idea that it's like a, another persona for you, sort of a way yeah. to escape. I, I've always had a hard time sort of like picturing that, but with interviewing, um, I interviewed my wife last week, and it was interesting because as soon as I disconnected the fact that we have this long history together and just went at it as um i'm just gonna ask her questions like i would ask anybody questions even if i know the answers to it 
and it completely unlocked this this idea of like oh you don't have to just you don't you don't have people don't know that you know this person the way mm-hmm. you know her and, and they don't know the things you know about that person so it it, yeah. it, it's basically it was it was just switching roles internally in the head to where you sort of separate yourself from I'm a husband and now I'm uh now I'm an interviewer and now I'm interviewing whereas where you're like you know I'm a performer it's like I, I'm not a people person you know like I, yeah. you're able to sort of slip into this role and create this like dichotomy that's uh that, that's really interesting to me and it's it, it, I guess it just goes back to that the idea of just you know people finding their escape from you know just the certain things they might fear you know uh, have now you know what when did you start playing guitar when did that all start I um, I saw that you started around ten but when did when did it really become apparent to you that you wanted to uh, uh, play guitar and and perform. And, and really do it as a profession? I always knew it was something I was going to do. Like, I thought I was going to be a mathematician. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely thought I was going to be a mathematician. I like that. And um, I'll be doing my gigs on the weekends. And that's just what I thought my life was going to be. I was going to have a regular job and just gig on the weekends and play in church. But I feel, even after college, like, I tried to convince myself that. Hmm. But I always kind of knew that I wanted more. I just never thought that it would happen for me because there's so many talented people in the D.C. area. And I couldn't understand why they weren't on the road. And it's like they'll definitely be able to get on the road before I get on the road. So I might as well not even try. (laughs) So it ended up working out. It was like a freak accident in such a good way. And. It happened, so I, I always kind of knew, but I never thought it would actually happen. Mm-hmm. So, so you were just sort of like, you were just sort of coasting through with your with your talents, and uh, because it was kind of a, 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 a interesting way that you were sort of pulled into the business, correct? Like into like the like into the echelon of uh, of the music yeah. industry that you're in. It was kind of a a, a, a weird situation. Can you can you tell uh, tell us what happened? And how it- yeah yeah i was always kind of around people who had been in it so like i, I was in a go-go group called um belladonna here in dc and one of the girls she used to play for salt and pepper when they were on the road oh, nice. another girl she used to play for marcus johnson and then you know maya she's from here so i did a show with maya mm. um raheem devon he's from here did a show with him oh, okay. so it's like we were always kind of like in and out of that like did a show with kiki wyatt um, that same year I got called, but there was an interview that I did with this guy who flew out from Detroit and he was asking me like, who would your dream artist be to play with? And I'm like, well, everybody I really want to play with is dead. Like Michael Jackson and Prince. I had to take a whole day off when I found out he died because oh, I just knew I was going to play with Prince. I know, man. Yeah, no, Prince. That one knocked me down. That one knocked me. Man, that one knocked me down. It was a mess, but I told him, of course, Beyonce. Everybody wants to play with Beyonce. Like (laughs) that was the first album I ever bought was Destiny's Child album. I was like maybe eight, and um, I said Usher, and I forget who else, but Beyonce was the first person I said, and then. 
uh, I was doing a gig in New York uh, the weekend of my birthday. And my sister messages me like, hey, it's some people from Parkwood who are trying to get in contact with you. I'm like, Parkwood, that sounds so familiar. And I look it up, I'm like, oh, that's Beyonce's company. <laughs> so my first thought isn't Beyonce is looking for me. It's okay, well, she has Chloe and Hallie, like she has different artists under her label. Maybe it's for one of her artists. So I'm on the phone with the music director and he's telling me like, okay, um, yeah, I need you for a show. Can't really say what it is, but do you mind sending in a video of you playing Resentment? So I'm like, Resent? That's Beyonce's song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Went home, um, did the video, did a couple other videos. He called me on my birthday. I had been sitting around all day. I did nothing for that birthday because I was waiting <laughs> by the phone just here. And I missed this call because I fell asleep and I was so nervous. Oh, my God. It was like phone tag for yeah. like an hour. Man, I thought I lost the gig. All this oh, kind of stuff. All those thoughts. All those horrible thoughts that race in your head when you Man. make that mistake of missing the phone call or, or, or whatever it is. I had one job. <laughs> and all I think about in those moments is, is Eminem. It's like, you only get one shot, so don't miss yeah, your chance to yeah. blow. <laughs> That's always exactly. Right. Is this my one shot? Was that it? I just knew I blew it and <laughs> called me. He was like, hey, can you fly out to LA tomorrow? Um, we can get you on a flight at six. And I got all the details and stuff when I got to LA. So my birthday was on the 11th, flew out six o'clock in the morning on the 12th to go to LA to get to rehearsal and found out that it was for Coachella. Oh my that is that is nuts like that is the most insane thing yeah. i could think of is just to be like show up so so but but by that point you knew you were playing with beyonce but you didn't know what the yeah. gig was and no i didn't i had no idea what was going on <laughs> <laughs> wait wait so you weren't even sure if you're playing with beyonce yet i kind of figured i was right. but everything was just so vague and i honestly didn't care like it was a free flight to la either they're gonna kidnap me in la or it's gonna be an actual gig either way i'm going right. so do it this yeah so it was great <laughs> can you uh can you kind of i mean because you uh you had to rehearse for a few months for that gig correct yeah and uh, can you kind of tell me how the rehearsals were and like what, how, how it was sort of laid out and how you approached it? I can't really get into too much of that, but no I will say it was like, it was long days. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like before I, or after I got out of school, I was working five jobs. I worked wow. at a music school at a front desk. Um, I was teaching just on my own freelance stuff, playing in church, playing in a band, playing in an agency band, and also volunteering, teaching at the school that I was working at. So I was working really, really hard for everything because I, I didn't have anybody to like just give me money. I couldn't fall back on my parents because of all my other siblings. Like I'm the second oldest. They can't take care of me. Yeah. So I feel like that at that point in my life that was the hardest i worked in my life i didn't know what hard work was until i went to la for that like i was working five jobs at home and that still was not as hard as i worked for <laughs> <laughs> that show like we will rehearse all day i'll get back to the hotel and i'll be practicing 
all night just because I don't want to walk into rehearsal the next day not remembering or knowing what we did the day before. You can't catch me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make sure I know this and more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, especially walking into a gig like that, you want to make sure you're on your game. I couldn't imagine showing up to a gig like that just nonchalantly not caring, like, eh. Yeah, man. It's people who who blow stuff like that. They do it. That was who was that football player for the Redskins? They lost the game that day. He ended up going to the strip club. Like, <laughs> you lost. Like, what are you doing? And then go to the strip club, violating all kind of COVID rules, and then got the nerve to be awful at the next game. Like, <laughs> what? You just got here. People will ruin their big shots like that. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. Why? Why do you think people do that? Why do you think people just blow it like that? I don't know. I honestly don't know because these are like opportunities that people work their whole lives for and some people will never see it. So for you to get it and treat it like it's a regular job. (laughs) Like you got hired at McDonald's or something. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because I I know people too. I know people who have uh, gotten to that point and then just blow it because of alcohol or or just yeah i mean sometimes i feel like it's just fear of success which doesn't make much sense especially coming from Mm -hmm. a musician when musicians because musicians to to find any kind of real success in music it it takes a long time of working and grinding and especially to get to the echelon that you're in right now um, I mean, you know that, that it takes years, and, and for some, it, and you could be the best. Like here's the here's the sad part is like you could be the best guitarist in the world, and 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 still not make it to that huge stage. But you could still have a great, uh, successful career. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but but it's just interesting. It's just really interesting when people uh, have this sort of fear of succeeding, and and they will just sort of. Uh, sabotage themselves and, and it's, it's interesting what's the I know you say you can't speak too much on the rehearsal side of things but um, when you go in there is it um, was it what did you feel comfortable did you feel like it was like a, 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 uh, were you able to communicate with everybody well was it like open like was the communication great you know like I mean was it a comfortable situation for you no, only because it was a whole like, like I said, I'm I'm not really good with people, ah. so to have to be around all these new people, but it, it was kind of it was kind of hard. It's always hard for me meeting new people because you know trying trying to it's hard for anybody in a new situation where you're trying to feel your way in that, and then you're the you're the new guy, so. <laughs> And it's like you got to come in there with something to prove. And then Simone, uh, she already had a guitar player, so I was coming in as a second. So to come in after another or with another guitar player, but she was so nice. Um, but the good thing is that musicians, they're weird anyway. So <laughs> it's like after maybe like two or three rehearsals, it's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Mm. I was never comfortable to a point where I felt totally relaxed just because. I knew that I had to come in there with something to prove. They had already been rehearsing yeah. since maybe September. And I'm just getting here in December. Like, I have to work harder. 
but I did get more comfortable in the sense of like, okay, like we're all weird. We don't have to worry about being awkward. Everybody's awkward. It's okay. <laughs> I belong here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what's interesting is like when you get in a room full of musicians and like, and once mm -hmm. you start like breaking the ice a little bit, it's like, oh, we're just all musicians, right? We're all just right. out here trying to grind. We're all nerds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're all nerds just trying to make it this crazy world. Um, mm -hmm. The, so what are, what you know, dealing, uh, since you've had to deal with sort of, you know, the shyness your whole life, how, what are some of the ways you sort of work past these? I, I mean, because we're talking about you're getting on stage with some of the biggest names in the world playing for huge crowds, uh, you know, and as a shy person, I, I know you said you sort of have your role that you sort of switch into another you, but how do you, how do you get there? How do you get past that? How do you, how do you... How do you absorb that kind of anxiety? I mean, I've, I've, I've had the chance to play some really amazing festivals, so I know how I handle it. I just sweat and shake until I'm out there doing it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just curious on how you handle that. Well, I was a theater major, so oh, okay. I have two degrees in theater. Oh, cool. I was doing plays and stuff, musicals, all that kind of stuff, and... I'm used to being in an ensemble and having those nerves before the show. And one thing that my teachers always kind of instilled in all of us is like, if you're on stage and you don't believe in yourself, the audience can feel that. If you're trying too hard, they can feel that. Like, there's so many things that like you're so like kind of like a dog like how dogs when you walk up they can tell if you're scared yeah so it's the same thing like your audience there they can sense that kind of stuff so if you walk up there even if you have to pretend like you're just the baddest one in there and i'm it i am the bread and the cheese <laughs> if you go up there and you have that attitude and really start to believe that yourself they'll go with whatever you do yeah. But you have to act like you belong there, even if you feel like you don't. Wow, yeah, and, and that and that and it takes a long time to sort of get to that point you know, mm -hmm. to 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 feel comfortable like that on stage. I, I've been talking about this a lot lately, but I've gotten to the point where I'm so comfortable on stage that I'll be go I'll go I'll, I'll be like, which is embarrassing now that I'm doing that in front of you. Uh, <laughs> no, don't me. I'm more embarrassed that I'm doing it in front of you than a, than like a room full of strangers who are trying to eat dinner. <laughs> uh, I uh, it, it's it's uh, but but the point of it is that I've kind of come I've become so comfortable on stage, and a, a lot of times when musicians mess up, it's because they're in their own head. And they're in yeah. the, you know, oh, and you're like, oh, what did they think of this solo? Or, or oh, I, I messed up that last, you know, that last bar. Oh, man. And they come down mm. and, and that just the act of, of recognizing that in your own head while playing creates more uh, room for mistakes because now you're, you're, you're nervous. And, and anyways, it's a whole cascade of problems. Uh, and, and so a lot of times musicians can sort of hold themselves back by just, um, by just being in their own head and, and, uh, and yeah. making themselves, psyching themselves out. It's, uh, how did you get to that point of, of being comfortable to where you can slip into a role? Yes. I think that's the most important thing for musicians to remember, or just anybody in general, 
and it's so cliche when you hear it, but it's so true. Because when you fall down, people judge you on how you get back up. So if you mess up, I feel like there's a lot more respect for you and the way uh, how you get out of it rather than, oh, she fell. Oh, she messed up. Oh, that wasn't the right note. That wasn't the right part. How do you finagle your way back into the flow of things? And I also think that we should should just be a little bit more forgiving of ourselves. Like, with each mistake, okay, yeah, punish yourself a little bit. But humans are the only people who will just keep punishing themselves over and over for the same thing. Okay, you did it. You messed up. I acknowledge that. Let it go. No one cares. Because half the time when you're playing, if people are not in church worshiping and they're in that mode, you're in the club or you're at the concert where they're high or they're drunk. They don't care. <laughs> they just want to have a good time. Right. So you're sitting there beating yourself up and they're over there half-baked. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so we just need to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. It, it took me so long to figure that out. Did it, did it take you a while to figure that out? Or were you pre- did you get past it pretty quickly? I got past it pretty quickly because there were shows where like my amp would go out or something like that or something crazy. And I would just keep playing. Like I was playing something and then dance. Like my answer for everything, if it goes out, if you can't hear, just turn the volume knob down and just dance and act like you're playing. (laughs) My volume was not on and I lied to you not. This lady comes up to me. Oh my God, you are so great. You sound so good. Girl, the volume was not on. <laughs> <laughs> like, but hey, who cares? All you gotta do is say thank you. Right. <laughs> Thanks, <on>. girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was another thing that I had to work past uh, because not only would I make mistakes while I was playing, but then I'd beat myself up about it after the show. And then anybody who comes up and says hi to me afterwards, be like, you were awesome. I'd be like, no, I was terrible. I no. suck. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You got to be like, oh, thanks, man. Yes, yes. I learned a simple thank you is is all you need. Because there's nothing worse than, like, alienating someone who's just trying to give you a compliment. And it's just yeah. like, because, like, they sit there like, oh, okay, I guess you didn't rock. Um, all right. No, you're just trying to be humble. That's all. Yeah, you're trying to be humble. Try to be, but 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 you're right. I, I I and I also like I also picked up. He's like punish yourself a little bit because you know there's this idea is like don't don't be so hard on yourself. It's like but no, you do need to kind of judge yourself. Yeah, like I, so you don't do it again. <laughs> right. Like, okay, I messed that up. I'm gonna remember that for the next time I practice or the next time I do the show. Okay, can't do that. That did not work. It was a fail. Got it. Next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Next. It's uh, next. It, it, it's it's that mentality of like what's next is sort of what carries me uh, and carries a lot of people because it's like even if you get done with like this, you know, you got this awesome gig and then the tour ends and, the, and then it's like, then what? You know, so it's like it's always like what's yeah. next. It's It's always like it's always on to the next thing and you can't sort of dwell on. Uh, the nature of being an artist is like what's next so yeah gotta like, keep moving. just keep moving and don't don't let it don't let it uh bring you down too much um uh, amal amal i'm sorry if i'm saying your name wrong welcome welcome thank you i'm glad you're enjoying the conversation we have some uh questions from the chat here 
can't stay awake no more. That's okay, Ziggy. Thank you so much for bringing your people over here. I appreciate that very much. Um, so I have a question here from Ziggy. Here, oh, oh, Guitar Boy, thank you so much for that uh, follow. And also, I see that you're a guitarist. Yes, Ari here is a, is a wonderful guitarist and uh, has a wonderful career. It's still rocking. Um, you A bass solo? Yeet Boy, how dare you? We'll do it later. We're not doing it. I'm not doing a bass solo in front of Ari O'Neill, okay? What? <laughs> I'm not doing it. Ari, whip it out. Let's go. <laughs> she said whip it out. <laughs> I might. I might. Oh, God. That's embarrassing. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, excuse me, Ari. I'm, I'm trying to catch up with chat. And we have some questions here from Ziggy. Since yeah. Ziggy's about to go to sleep, I'll get that in now. What's your top current favorite memory in your career? Playing the, oh, dang, it's two. <laughs> playing I Care, the I Care solo with Beyonce and looking like, oh my God, that's crazy. <gasps> <laughs> that, and then being in South Africa, playing at Dave Chappelle's Jam, and then we sat down at the bar afterwards, had some shots, because we're both from D.C. and just talked about D.C. D.C. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love DC so much. And and by the way, what did you talk to Dave Chappelle about? If 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 you if you don't mind, we talked about backyard band. It's a band out here. Um, we talked about where we lived. He was telling me about all the places he lived in DC. Um, the last time he went home, and um, it was something else. Then he just started asking me questions about me playing. But that was it. <laughs> who were you playing with for his uh, for his his show? It was just different people. So we were just finishing up the tour. So we were doing Global Citizens Fest. Mm. So we all went to his jam and he just had different musicians coming uh, up and playing. It was so many different people up there, but it was mostly people from tour. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I, I love how Dave Chappelle uh, always incorporates music into like even in the Chappelle Show days, he always he, yeah he had Kanye and and Mos Def and yeah I just love that so much that he incorporated music into it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and Dave Chappelle lives. In, I, I live. I'm in Ohio, so Dave Chappelle mm -hmm. he lives in Yellow Springs, Ohio, which is mm -hmm. southeast. It, it's funny because I was just talking to a band who lives in the area. And, mm -hmm. and they were telling us their experiences with them. And, yeah. and their experiences was very different because I oh. think they were drunk and sort of bothering him. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was just like, and he was like, why are you guys trying to tell my jokes back to me? <laughs> and then, wow. And, 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 but he made a big spectacle of it. So not oh. to say, I'm not trying to say that Dave Chappelle's an asshole. But, you know, like when, when people are drunk, and I'm sure you've dealt yeah. with this a lot. And, mm -hmm. and plus, you're a pretty girl, and, and, and you know you, you slay, you slay like crazy. Um, uh, I'm sure after a show, you've had drunk people come up to you, be like, "Hey," uh, you know. And so dealing with drunk people is already like an issue. I mean, I'm I'm just like this guy, and I have to deal with drunk people, and I hate it. I can't imagine what it would be like to be this person, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> and have to deal with it or i mean even dave Chappelle, who is like you know this international superstar so you know you can't take these kind of things uh, how was beyonce okay. by the way how was your experience with beyonce um i'll say that working with her definitely makes 
it made me want to work harder. Like all the stuff they say about her, like all the good stuff, mm-hmm. is is true. Like she works really hard, and she's really nice, and she's very, very particular about the stuff that she wants to see. So it's like if she's gonna be working hard, you know, doing all this stuff, that all I gotta do is learn my guitar part. I'm cool with that. Like yeah. she's just like she said in the Netflix special, like. She was really involved with like the lights, costumes, the music, the dancing, hair, all that stuff. So, if you want me to learn this little guitar part, and that's all I got to do, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, that uh, the idea, like, because um, I don't know, do you know who Nissan Stewart is? He's a drummer out of Los Angeles. Um, it's okay because uh, he, he's he's worked with with her before, and and he kind of explained it like you know, art like artist moments where there's so much writing and and, and like like for instance Beyonce um, in particular is like her name's on the marquee, like everybody's working like people she's responsible for millions of dollars worth of paychecks and and lighting and, and just because it's her name and she might not be personally liable for it but it's all on her and yeah. so when you're looking when, when when people are having moments you know when they're, they're trying to achieve perfection it's because there's so much riding there's so much pressure and they're under so much it, like you can't expect people to just have it together and and you know and um and you know i'm not even saying you had like an experience where she was you know you know having an artist moment but i'm just saying like in these moments where people are artists are are maybe displeased with what's going on and they're and they're acting out mm. there's a lot going on and there's a lot riding on it and there's millions of dollars at stake so yeah you know you know emotions can get out of hand again i'm not saying that was the, the experience you had but uh, mm. talking to other people who've worked with with uh you know high level names where there's a lot depending on it you know there there's these moments where it's like you're not fulfilling your job and so maybe they're the people in in charge are like hey you need to do this and it might come out a little you know a little a little a little over the top but there's a reason why and there's a lot at stake here um yeah and anyways you know but uh, we have another question here. Where did you go to school? And I'm guessing they they meant college because we know where you. I went to, yeah, home. I went to Prince George's Community College, and then I went to University of Maryland. There you go, mm-hmm. U- University of Maryland. Now, how did you? How did they? How did they recognize? How did? How did you? How were you found by Beyonce's people? Uh, what what led them to you? Oh, I was posting everywhere. So I I know he tried to get in contact with me. Her music director, that is, tried to get in contact with me on multiple platforms. But the one that he reached me on was Instagram. Mm. So the reason he reached out is because he saw a video of me playing in Medley with the band that I was with at the time. And they were... It was a medley, and we were doing All Right by Kendrick Lamar, but it was an instrumental, and I was playing the lead part for it. So he saw me playing that on my Instagram in the club and hit me up on Instagram. That's awesome. And by the way, that's how I 
got in touch with you <laughs> through Instagram. Yeah. So that's amazing. Uh, Instagram mm-hmm. is it's such a weird platform. You seem to be yeah. doing well with it. Uh, with it. It, it, did you uh, were you developing your social medias uh, before you were you know before you were touring with these huge names? Yeah, because I noticed like that's what the difference was between people who were at home and people who were working. Mm-hmm. Like unless you know some like it's all it's all about connections. Because I played with some people, and I'm not even saying that I'm the best because I'm not like. I have a lot of growing that I need to do and a lot of growing that I'm going to continue to do. Um, But there are a lot of people who got these big gigs and I do not understand. But I think it's because of, you know, the people that you just know. Like, if you know people and you're friendly and you're great to work with, talent, sometimes it doesn't really matter. As long as you can get the job done uh, and you have these friends, then you're good. So with Instagram and all that kind of stuff, like, wow, I just completely lost my thought. That's okay. You were saying how uh, that was the difference between people who are at home right. and people who are playing. Thank you. No so if you, if you have friends, you can get the gig that way. And if you don't have those friends, develop those friends. And if you don't know those people in the industry, you need to get those videos out there. Do some videos of you playing singing dancing or whatever but don't do it with your cat in the background your room looking all dirty and all this kind of stuff you can be chill but make it look like those videos that you like on instagram yeah yeah on a budget (laughs) (laughs) well of course um but uh, you know uh, another thing just talking to people over the years I, i mean you make a really solid point though where you're if your socials aren't matched, you know, like, cause you could be the best guitarist in the world, but no one could know about you and no one could know about your talent. And mm-hmm. so, like, I mean, getting it out there on your socials is important, but also in talking to different artists over the years, they were, I mean, I talked to this guy who did the music for the movie, The Blind Side. Do you remember The Blind Side? Yeah. Sandra Bullock? Oh yeah, yeah. Raven or right. The Ravens or wasn't that about a Ravens player? Is that the name of the football oh, team? Oh, first of all, we are Washington team over here. Oh, my bad. I, I didn't know. Baltimore, Baltimore is about an hour and a half from over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My bad. Anyways, he did the music for this. You know, that was an Academy Award winning sh- movie. But he was mm-hmm. getting passed over for projects because his SoundCloud and his Instagram and his Facebook and his Twitter looked like trash. Yeah, and I'm like, how can you be on a an Oscar winning movie, and people are gonna be like, nah, he's not good enough because his social media, he don't have enough followers yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> and, yeah, and so there's another side of it is that it's important because people are looking at you as a whole product these days, right? Like, because when people look at Ari O'Neill, <clears throat> you easily can go on to any of your social media platforms and see that you have great numbers, you have, you know, great content, you have great... So it, 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 that just makes you more valuable. Even though that you're an amazing player and you're a slayer for days, you still have... Uh, if you only had, you know, 200 followers on Instagram, you know, maybe Beyonce would have never called, you know? So it's... Just- I mean, even with that, because mm. you're right. Nowadays, it's so follower-based. Like, it's crazy. And before then, I didn't even have that many followers on Instagram. Yeah. 
um, I developed those followers. I think when I first started, or when I was when they first found me, I had maybe like seven or eight thousand followers. That thirty-two came the next couple of years. Yeah. So I think what will set people apart if if you don't have the following. What are you putting on your page? Because yeah. even now, like before, it was just music stuff, a couple cute pictures with me and my friends, but I, you have to see that I can play. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, I'm doing photo shoots. I'm a Fender girl now, so I got to put Fender out there. I used to have a weave sponsor, used to take pictures with the hair and all that kind of stuff. But I'm noticing now that the music that I put out, even me playing in church and me actually playing, those views would probably get like, Two, three thousand, but let it be a picture of me with my, you know, my ass out. That's like five, six thousand likes, all this crazy stuff. So even still, like, put the pictures out there, but make sure you got the music out there too. Mm-hmm. So a nice balance of okay, yeah, I can do this thing, but you know, I'm cute too. I'm yeah. cute. I go out, I do stuff, but <laughs> I can play too. Yeah. Which I love. I love that so much about your page is like, oh, she she don't like wearing clothes and she slays. That's tight. All right, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, what what sort of uh, made you want to uh, express yourself? You know, in in that kind of way. And, and that and this is coming from no judgment, by the way. I, I oh, no. I'm very it's appreciative of your content. Thank you. It's perfectly fine. Um. I think I've just gotten a lot more confident over the years. Um, when I first graduated from school, I went to the doctor and um, she told me that I was obese. And I know that I, I was almost 150 pounds at the time and I'm only 5'2". So I know like in the black community, being a little bit thicker is, you know, it's praised a lot. Actually, nowadays in general, being a little bit more curvy is praised a lot. But I had never been that heavy before in my life. Mm. And I didn't like that feeling Then I knew it was because I was working a lot. I was out to shows, drinking and eating. By the time I finish the show, I'm going to the studio. Then I just pick up something quick, then go to my other three jobs in the morning. So it really made me think about things and I, I didn't feel good about myself. Even the guy that I was with at the time made me feel really ugly. Wow. So I ended up getting a, a trainer and changing my life around. Cause I didn't, I never wanted to hear that from my doctor ever again. Yeah. And once I lost the weight and changed my life around and started feeling more confident, you know, I started changing, you know, myself and the way I just, cause I felt better and, at a certain point, I was just like, yeah, I can wear this stuff now. Like, <laughs> I couldn't wear this stuff before. I can wear this now. And I'm going to wear it. And yes. if you have a problem with it, girl, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you, you're going to see these cheeks on Instagram because my <laughs> friend, I worked for these, okay? <laughs> you're going to see these cheeks on Instagram. I'm sorry. If that's the case, you can scroll right up. You right? see me playing in church. You can like that video, right. okay? <laughs> I love that so much. And I I, I kind of have that same uh, thing because I was like three, I was like three twenty something in high school. Wow. So like as soon as I lost all the weight, all I wanted to do is wear 
uh, is just wear like the tightest, like, cause like mm-hmm. it's when I lost the weight, it was when I was a little bit younger. So, and, and I wanted to be like a hipster, I guess, in, tw- in, in, in when I was in my twenties. So like, I just wanted to wear, mm-hmm. you know, all the hipsters wear all those tight clothes and stuff. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> it, does, it never was right. It never worked right. It never worked right. But that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to wear these tight little, like, <laughs> These tight little pants. I'm not mad at it. I'm not. Yo, I got I got rag done. You know, my friends mm-hmm. wouldn't let me down and let that go. And uh, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I remember this specific moment. One of my wife's. It was a. It was my wife's sister's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We were like on our way into a wedding that took place in a prison. Uh, but he was just making fun of my little ass pants. He's just like, look at your little ass pants. And like, he just would not let it go. Calling my little yeah. ass pants. So, you know, it's we, you, you, when your body changes, you want to express it. I, I love that. I love it. I love yeah. hearing about people who lose the weight and keep it off. And, and they just want to be healthy and they love it. And they want to be sexy because why not? Yeah. Because healthy is sexy. Like being healthy is one of the sexiest things that is and out there. And even if you're not, like I've recently discovered, just recently came to the realization, like in this life, you have to be happy with you. Hmm. Like, that's it. What other people feel and think, okay, that's nice, but I'm not going to go to sleep thinking about somebody who's not thinking about me. Hmm. So if I want to do something, if I want to wear something, if I want to eat something, if I want to do something that makes me happy, if that makes you upset and you want to lay in your bed at night thinking about me, you can do that. <laughs> I don't have time for it. It's just life is so short. So why are we giving energy and thought to people who probably don't pay your bills, probably don't want the best for you, and who are unhappy with themselves? So if you want to wear your tight hipster pants, you do your thing, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You do that. (laughs) No more tight hipster pants are are coming on these, this, uh, this... No, no, no. It's just Mango Bright. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, uh, Adam Flair UK, who uh, everybody should go and follow. He is an amazing producer out of the UK. Uh, but Adam Flair UK asks, I'm going to shout out Adam here. Uh, Adam Flair UK asks, out of all the stars you've worked with, who has the best backstage snacks on their rider? Man. <laughs> That is a great question. Um, I don't know. Only because on the Beyonce tour, like, everything was available. Pretty much with every show, like, it's I was introduced to so much new stuff. Like, I found out I love crab cakes. <laughs> Come on. And I know DC? I'm from... <laughs> I'm from right, and I hated seafood. Oh. But it wasn't until I went on the road. I was like, "Wow, I actually really do like crab cakes." I think the best though probably has to be the Ariana Grande tour, okay. only because I don't know who it was making this tuna salad, but they were having it in the fridge every show, and I watching that I would take the whole bowl on the bus. <laughs> And me and the girls would just split it. It was so good. 
<laughs> that's amazing i love that someone was just making tuna salad for people to just go and get like what thank you whoever this mystery person is <laughs> thank you it was so good ariana grande seems like a very nice person um like watching she's her crazy. She's, <laughs> she's crazy she's crazy that bitch is crazy but i like her <laughs> I like her. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, um, in which ways, and, and I know that you probably have to be careful on this, but like, which ways is she crazy? Like, I remember this one time we were all sent, she would just be walking around, bro. Like, just be walking. And um, it was one time we had this whole conversation about zodiac signs. And she openly admitted, she said, Yeah, I know I'm crazy. Like, Sometimes I just wonder why people want to be my friend. Because I'm like, you really want to be my friend? Are you sure about that? I said, huh? Hmm. That's an interesting observation you have about yourself. Uh, I'm glad you're that open with yourself. That you can accept that. But okay. But she's really sweet and very open. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that's nice when people come with a warning. They're just like... Yeah, right? <laughs> It's a okay. warning. Thanks. <laughs> maybe friend, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Okay, Yeet Boy, if Yeet Boy, if you're still here, I'll do like a two second bass solo for you. But if you're not here, I'm not doing it. So <laughs> right. it's, it's, hey. it's gone. I mean, if Yeet Boy has has left the building, I'm not doing the bass solo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just I it, it, that, that's the thing. I mean, like sitting here. Thinking about that, like, I don't want to do a bass solo in front of somebody I know who is much better than me. But, but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that, but it leads to a bigger point is that comparing yourself to other people, which I'm still Mm -hmm. having, obviously, I'm still having trouble doing. Um, Do you, do you have a problem with that? Comparing yourself to other players, feeling that you're not good enough, or have you ever had to deal with that? I think I dealt with it most on the tour with Beyonce because. I was standing with Agape and yeah. Agape, like I was watching his videos since way back when and it's like he's an OG. Yeah. So here I come and he was teaching me stuff. Wow. And he was so like he's so humble and quiet, but it's like having to stand next to him every night and I know we all know he's better than me. <laughs> and like it's I'm not even gonna try. But it's like, I got to make sure I play my part well enough and just take what I can from him. Hmm. And I think it's more impressive when you learn and grow and you can handle your handle your lane. Hmm. So, yeah, I was intimidated. Yeah, duh, he's better than me. But it's a lot of stuff that I stole from him, too. It's a lot of stuff that I was trying out every night, too. And honestly, I feel like if I went back now, he still would be better than me. But I'm better than what I was before. Yeah. So I'm still struggling with that. But as long as you're learning from these people. And it's mostly with guys like Isaiah Sharkey, Agape, like Jubu. Those are the people that I'm intimidated by because I know it's not a lot of women out here who are heavy hitters like that there are some women like cat dyson is crazy simone is crazy like there are some women who play guitar who are just smashing the ratio of women who smash versus all the guys who smash is so crazy yeah so i i want to be on that level one day which is very intimidating because that's a very high level 
Well, and, and, I mean, even even if you are play, I mean, you, I see what you're saying, and I, I do know what you're saying. Even though, like, you do play on this high, uh, this upper echelon of playing, especially the upper echelon of of touring with an artist, mm-hmm. you still are like, there is, there's more, there's more to it. Um, yeah. But but I like your attitude where it's like I'm not gonna because some people you know they'll be looking at other people and be like you know they'll be like they're better than you and then they'll start getting jealous and you know they they develop I don't understand that me neither like if anything like you should want them on your team yes. like you know how girls when another pretty girl walks in like oh who is that oh my god <laughs> who she makes you no bitch make her your friend yeah. <laughs> make her your friend that way you have the hot friend with you <laughs> that makes you look so good same thing with musicians like with anything don't hate put bring them on your team so you can learn and get like that yeah i agree wait why do you think there's so little girl women um in especially women guitars but women musicians i mean there's a lot of women musicians but you know especially women guitars especially why do you mm. think there is so little compared to the, to the men i think as on a professional level i think it's because like Guys, they have that camaraderie. They'll sit up there and rag on each other, tell each other they suck. You can't play. Like, dude, you'll never make it. Like, this is trash. All that kind of stuff. And then they'll get together and jam and work on it. Or they'll just hang and be around music. Like, they have this whole bro thing. Like, 1500, they're all bros. And they'll hang and do jams together and learn from each other. With girls, I... (sighs) It's like, we don't have that. Like, it's, here is no girl that I would call up to just jam. Mm. No one. Guys, all day. But even with that, it gets weird because it's like, okay, here comes the girl in the room. Now the whole atmosphere has to change. We can't talk about this anymore. We can't talk about this. Nobody's comfortable. Like, it's just so dumb. So I feel like because guys have that camaraderie already and they're already ragging on each other, they learn from it get better create these bonds and then go be great together girls they don't do that Mm -hmm. i'm sure they do do that but i know for me that has not been my experience right yeah i've I've toured with with women before and and what i notice is that a lot of women who do uh do well Mm -hmm. and work and work a lot are women who almost uh, they take on um male um traits not like you know like the ragging on each other and uh you know and take it and joking around and that whole thing i'll notice that Mm. um and and, or or on the other hand it's like all the boys are just keeping their mouth shut and letting the lady you know be a lady and not because the the things that are said in a a van in in a tour van are just the most (laughs) heinous just just awful things Right. So, so you you gotta. I mean, it's either it's either they're in there in the jokes and they're they're doing it, or it's like everybody sort of takes a pause for the cause. It, it shows a little respect. Uh, how how do you how are you in the van or on the bus? How are you? Oh, I'm one of the guys. I have five <laughs> brothers, so all that talk, like I'm used to it anyway. I'll be the one taking the shots with you, like all that nervousness, like. Don't worry. Take a couple shots. We're good. Like you could talk. They'll do most of the talking, but it's like 
at this point, when it comes to that, my mission is to make it so that we're comfortable with each other so that you can give me some stuff. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, haha, mm, she, her ass is fat. She's this, she's that. Yeah, so anyway, that look that you did on the this, on this show, like, how did you do that? Yeah. So it's kind of, you gotta, you just gotta know how to work it and play the game. Yeah. Um, and if I really want to learn from somebody, I'll work and I'll play that game. I'll be on the tour bus with you. Hey, what's up, Fred? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you feel that that is something that do you feel like that is just a part of the game or do you feel like that that should be remedied or do you feel like that i mean just women in general trying to relate or or even on your just for your own personal experience do you feel like that that is something i mean that that you feel like is fair that's something that you should have to do I mean, guys are going to be guys. Like, it's not just in music. It's in the office or in sports, you know, stuff like that. I just feel like with girls, then I've been fortunate every tour that I've been on. All the girls that have been on the road are dope as hell. Mm. Like, they're so cool. Even when I was doing Normani, like, the girls in the band, like, we would just, we would go out to jams together all the time. Mm. So I think our attitudes have to change because there are so many cool ass women who tour that they're so chill they want to play with you like it's no drama all this kind of stuff so we should all have that energy like i think it's crazy to me that there are girls on tour who are so cool and chill and all this kind of stuff but then you got girls back home who are acting like you know, also Diddy, and I'm this and I'm that, and blah, 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 blah. I got this attitude. Girl, you're not even on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the energy you're coming with, and they don't even act like that out there. So mm. we just got to change our energy towards each other and start bringing each other in and being more open to stuff like that. Yeah, let's go to the gym. Yeah, come to my house. Let's just play. Yeah. How do you uh, how do you handle like uh, people's advancements? You know, uh, you know how do you handle that like in a professional manner? Have you had to deal with that? You mean like with guys? Guys or girls? Um, it depends like how they how they come at me. Like there are some guys who will try it, and because I know like you're my boy, like I'm just like shut up. What are you talking? You just go away what are you doing it's me (laughs) dummy like what (laughs) if it's more like disrespectful though and i've gotten that too yeah but i i get very quiet i don't like confrontation Mm -hmm. or arguing or anything like that so i'll get really quiet and i'll either just leave or i'll i start acting really really distant because what we're not going to do is have this whole blowout thing. And I'm not going to keep explaining myself to you. Yeah. So I'll get really quiet and I'll just go off and do my own thing. Because yeah. that's what they'll want. They want either you to hound you to get what they want out of you. Or they're going to try to make you upset. Don't give them either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fair enough. I mean, it's it, it, it only recently occurred to me that, you know, that that. And in, in recently, I mean, like in the last couple of years that I realized that men are just these big brooding 
dudes and you know some women are are small and 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 i couldn't imagine just being around these big giants who are always trying to like do stuff to me and 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 have the power to do it too and so it's just it's it it always is like oh man i can't imagine especially being you you know you're, you're you're tiny young lady and uh it's just you're around all these big ah, you know it, <laughs> that seems scary to me it just seems scary to be a woman that that's no. basically when i came to the conclusion it's like oh god every it's like no. I, I but and, and you know i i know i'm being a little dramatic there but but the point is is that it's like you you women are vulnerable and especially in this industry where there are people who are looking to take advantage of people and it, and it runs rampant so it's a, yeah. it, it's it's great that you have this sort of defense mechanisms that you can sort of rely on and sort of yeah. And them. I mean, a lot of the guys are great. Like I said, musicians—they're weird anyway, <laughs> so they're only so harmless or so harmful. Like they're not gonna do too much because they're nerds. Like <laughs> what? Are they, like I know you're scared of me. Like yeah. stop it. But a lot of the guys are great. So a lot of them are like brothers or they'll really look out for you and make sure that you're okay. So I also had a lot of that. Like a lot of the guys, especially like on tours and stuff, they were never like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just unprofessional anyways. Like, yeah, I got to see you on stage in like 30 (laughs) minutes. What are we doing? Uh, What's up, Gail? Thank you for that host earlier. Um, You know, I I wanted to ask about nailing auditions and, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you're obviously you work in a high level with with bigger names so uh and, and especially now we know that you sort of have a little bit of shyness and stuff and you know meeting new people kind of you know it's a little weird uh so how do you approach auditions especially when you're going for these big you know names how, how do you approach it and and or does it does it even bother you anymore or I'm- has it ever bothered you i guess like not to gas myself like because it's really not a flex at all it's just i've never really been in this situation where i've had to audition for oh. a musical gig and that's not to like play like ooh, mm-hmm, she didn't have the audition no it's just all of my stuff is already on my instagram so even when i was doing the videos for when i was in new york and they asked me to play resentment it, it almost kind of felt like okay, just to prove that you can actually do this, let let send the video, mm-hmm. kind of like that. But all of my content is on my page, so if anything, I would just tell people to post more, post more of yourself doing stuff, do lives and things, so that they can just go to your social media page, go see your Facebook, on your Instagram, you plan or you take a pic or whatever it is you want to do, just put enough of it on your page so they already know oh yeah i know you Mm. i see you can play i'm calling that guy yeah yeah for sure um the you know like i was watching that fender interview you did back in september and it it was really good um you guys were talking about um 
I don't know if it was about, I don't think it had anything to do with auditions, but he sort of brought up this, and this is just sort of an idea for people uh, who are, are looking for auditions, because I thought I, I, I thought you were going to impart some great wisdom on us, but you're like, I don't audition, bitch, I just fucking, they just want me. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I meant. But just because this idea came and it came from this interview that I saw with you, is that he was talking about how the drummer for Bruce Hornsby um, when he first, I think maybe the current drummer, I don't remember his name, but he was saying that when he first signed on or, or was going in for the audition, I can't remember how it was, but he looked up the drummers that Bruce has worked with in the past and Bruce has had a relationship with in the past and he sort of took on their stylings. And so um, it was just a really interesting way to approach uh, uh, an audition and uh, which I've heard that before from other people where they'll sort of uh, look into what uh, what they're interested in. So if they're auditioning for even a, a part, you know, they'll look into if you're going to a theater, you'll look at uh, what productions they've done in the past or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just sort of get an idea of what kind of theater you're walking into. Uh, so just sort of getting an idea of who they've worked with in the past and sort of taking on those stylings or add it into your repertoire to sort of stand out in, in the audition process. Uh, oh, do, yeah. Do you have uh, do you have any kind of trip tips or anything that you would tell anybody? For sure. That's great. I mean, on top of put your music on your page, mm -hmm. just do it um, <laughs> because your page is your resume. Yeah. But also, even before I went, flew out to do uh, Coachella without even knowing kind of what it was, I already started looking up live shows of hers, mm -hmm. looking up live shows so I can hear like, okay, what what do they have going on? The music director actually told me to do that, like look up her live stuff. I was going through it, all her live stuff, TV performances, concerts, benefits, all that stuff. With any job that you're going into, you should have a good idea. If they don't give you the music already, have a good idea of what you're about to walk into. Because it'll just make you feel better. It's kind of like if you're going to a doctor and you're about to get surgery from this guy and he has no idea of your medical background. Um, this is his first time meeting you. He knows nothing about the medications you take. Just doesn't know nothing. Are you going to get your heart operated on by some guy who doesn't even know that you take this medicine? <laughs> no. So with any job, you need to walk in knowing something. <laughs> Don't walk in there just with nothing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, it it just doesn't seem like the 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 way to be. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, the, another really good uh, question that I thought that he had was uh, was how how did playing and growing up in the church sort of uh, affect your style playing you play now? Oh man, I'm so grateful for everything that I learned in church. The, I think the best musicians come from church just because there's so many genres inside of church that you have to play, whether it's CCM or like shout music or like the radio gospel hits. It, it's all stuff that you can use in R&B and pop, you know, any kind of gig that's out there. You can play that kind of stuff in church because they have 
the Christian gospel version of everything. <laughs> so there's a lot of people, including Agape and Jubu and Isaiah and and um, just different awesome quartet guitar players who just kind of paved the way for everyone else and they all came from church so it's like if all of my favorite musicians come from church that's where i need to be because (laughs) there's so much that you have to pick up on Mm. and people get in the spirit and they they allow their emotions and feelings to guide them so you got to be paying attention and ready to go same thing on the road like with fantasia oh my gosh like it was so many times where she would stop and just go completely left into worship and we would have to go <laughs> like you can't just sit there and be like well i don't have the sheet music for that <laughs> didn't rehearse that and, and just sit there you got to do something and yeah. i feel like church is kind of the place where you learn how to pick up those cues oh my gosh it was boot camp like i played in in, in, a, in a gospel church for three months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was boot camp. It was boot yeah. camp. Like, I couldn't even tell that they were changing chords. I was like, yeah. wait, you changed chords? You, no, you changed like 10 chords. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, great. Let's try this again. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But what I learned from it was just, I mean, I wish I would have been able to do it for a longer uh, time. Because mm-hmm. what I did notice is that my ear was just becoming so impeccable. Because... You know, the deacon gets up there and he starts hooping in, in, in any key. It's not like he went up yeah. there with like, okay, I'm going to start hooping in, in E flat. All right? No. E flat. That would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice. <laughs> and, they, and, and they'll start doing it. And, you, and, and you'll see the, the, the MD or whoever the music director is. Like my, my dude used to run up the piano. Like, okay. Okay, B flat, everybody. Let's go. And you go. And you go. Like you learned the song in C, but now we're playing it in B flat. Hey, we're going. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I do I did love that I did love that aspect of of church and learning and um that styling is just amazing. Uh, what what are some? It, it, I'm I'm just taking some some questions directly from that interview because I just thought it was, uh, there were some really great questions. Um, yeah. This, this uh, effective way to approach R and B stylings because um, you have that really I love how you flow from chord to chord. You have your little fills yeah. and your voicings are beautiful. Um, and, and a lot of that, you know, has that R&B tone. So what are some of the, what are uh, some effective ways to approach that kind of style? Um, you got to listen to singers. You got to listen to R&B singers um, because a lot of that background stuff you can use on guitar. Mm-hmm. Like Cater to You is a good song um, for that, I think. Uh I would follow a lot of those like background vocals yeah, and just play it on guitar and it sounds so good. So you got to follow the singer, mm. follow the singer and you'll, you'll get all your answers. Wow. That was really good. Uh, the, the, what, what was, what's interesting is that you answered that completely differently. In the other one, you were saying that you, uh, that to, to look up other, um, to look up the people who inspired the people who inspire you. That too. Yeah. That it's it's not like really one good. answer. No, of course not. Of course not. Because mm-hmm. like I think even in that interview you were saying it's like you're teaching the way you learned was like 
church and then experience youtube teachers and stuff so it's just like there's lots of ways to learn and um yeah it, yeah there's there's no one way to the to to there's no one way to slay right <laughs> actually can i can i grab my max charger real quick of course please do uh we're, we're, we're gonna wrap up here in about uh half an hour is that okay that's fine perfect Okay. Okay, yeah. hold on. Yeah, go do your thing. I'll talk to chat. Oh my gosh. What a great interview. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Have a little buffer. LOL. Many of my favorite people in music are female. Yeah, me too. Me too, Duke. I I respect a lot of you. And what I love about uh I, I love that there's this like surge of female musicians who are kind of jumping in uh, into the into the fray because like she was saying, it, it's been a boys' club for so long. It's just refreshing. It's refreshing. Like, who wants dudes? Like, Dude Storm, Dude Storm 2021. Like, who who wants that? Like, I, yeah, yeah, this is what you want to hear at the party. Invite more dudes, right? Like, everybody at the party wants to invite more dudes. <laughs> this party needs more dudes. <laughs> You'll find great people who love your interviews. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's just no one in, no one no one is inviting more dudes to the party. You know, it's that's not that's what? not uh, no, we're just I, I was just talking to chat for a second because um I, I was saying how how awesome it is that we're seeing this surge in female uh musicians, especially females who like just just slay. And um uh, uh, I was just sort of making the comparison, like it's like, it's like there's enough dudes, right? There's it's a dude <laughs> store, you know. There's plenty of dudes in the music industry, and yeah, nobody yeah. at the party is saying, "Hey, invite more dudes to the party," <laughs> you know. Like no party is popping when like like forty dudes show up with no beer, right? Like it's like, right, right, right. <laughs> hey, we're here to break stuff and drink up all your beards. You know, it's like no one needs more dudes at the party. So I think it's great. I, I think that it's wonderful. That it, and I don't know. Do you agree with me that you're seeing more and more females sort of coming into the to the music industry uh, as professionals? Yeah, it's definitely a lot more. And I feel like with each generation, it gets better like mm. the generation before i was like out I, I was studying bb bb was um beyonce's original guitar player mm. and she was also her music director and she was is crazy and she was doing stuff with like pink and uh some about marley's kids like she's wild um then the next generation came they're wild and then it's like i'm looking at these young girls who are playing now and Oh my god, like they're crazy. This is one girl I teach, her name is Jordan. She plays guitar literally like me <laughs> and she's seventeen. And then she plays bass, she sings, and she programs. And she plays drums. Like it's ridiculous. And that's what's coming up next. It's like, oh yeah, let me hurry up and get all this money that I can now. Settle down, open up my little studio because she's gonna put me out of work. <laughs> Like, it's, it's crazy. It's so true. It's so true. I have noticed that too. It's just like the musicianship, it just keeps getting better and better. It's like when I yeah. was a kid and I would just see like four year olds at church just like beating the crap out of the drum, just like <laughs> killing it. Killing yeah. it. I'd just be like, what? 
it's, it's, this, yeah. is, this world is not fair. And, but once I realized that the world is not fair, it, things got a little easier for me. But <laughs> at that moment, I was like, this is not right. <laughs> like, I, you know what? I think what also sets them apart is like, okay, the, anybody can play in their room. Like, you're in the comfort of your room, you're by yourself, mm-hmm. playing by yourself, and you make a track or something like that. It's totally different when you have to play with a band. Like, now you gotta listen to other people. Now you gotta interact with other people. Now you can't just be doing all these licks and doing all this crazy stuff because there's a singer involved now. Right. Other people have solos too. It's not your show. Right. So, how you interact with people, what you look like, like, what are you bringing? What's your style? Is it different? Like, how, how do you walk up in here and not look like everybody else? How do you move? Are you getting down the floor? Are you chilling in the back? There's so many other factors when you're actually out there. So, yeah, you could play and be good and have all the licks and all the tricks and all that kind of stuff. But if you're not bringing it with the band, you could forget about it. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the huge difference between being a bedroom player and a a player player is like, Mm -hmm. well, like dynamics. It's like everything. (laughs) It's like, I mean, mixing your chemistry with other people is it's there's just so much involved and. And I think it kind of goes back to just being comfortable with yourself and, and finding mm-hmm. comfort with yourself and finding comfort on stage and with what you do. And I really like that thing where you're sort of like you kind of stick in your lane. It's like, yeah. you know, don't go sticking your nose. And like if you're a blues player and you kill it at the blues, don't show up at the jazz jam, you know, looking for work. You know, if you're just going to be ripping the blues, like, you know, like you're they're looking for jazz cats. You know, if you're go- you're not the same way. The same way how like church can almost be a trap for some people too, even though it has this like really awesome, it gives you this great uh, spectrum of music because you're rocking, you're popping, you're you're R and B, you're shouting, you're doing it all. But what what I've seen over the years is kids who come up in the church and then try to play like rock music, and they're still mm-hmm. sitting here playing like all these inverted chords over, you know, just like a, a one four five progression, you know, and yeah, and so and it almost like. They almost get you almost get trapped, and that's for anything. But mm-hmm. that's for any kind of styling of music, obviously. I mean, if but it, but it's just that's what I've seen in in times that that getting too much into a certain um, styling can kind of be a trap as well. But uh, we were we were talking about uh, staying in your own lane, yeah. So yeah. so if if you know that you're not, you know, the greatest jazz musician, then you know work on it. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't be, right? It's like, it right. just means just sort of know what you're good at and be comfortable with that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to adjust. Mm. I think adjusting is key. Like, because I, oh my God, it was this one group I was in when I was in school. It was a jazz band. I was doing a lot of jazz bands back, well, not a lot, but I was in jazz a lot back when I was in school. I was in the black jazz band at umd and then i was in like just a regular jazz band with these people from eastern shore they were my friends and we would do this song locked out of heaven by bruno mars oh my god it was so much fun to play but it's the jazz man but we do other stuff like r&b whatever the gig call when the money was that's what we gonna play okay (laughs) so we would play locked out of heaven (sighs) 
gosh. And the keyboard player would just be playing these jazz chords, just like fucking it up. And I'm just like, <laughs> yo, this is not that song. And as much as I love sevens and nines, sharp elevens, I'm looking at stuff. This is not the song for that. Cut it out. <laughs> and every time it would just, I can't wait for the song to be over. And that was my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, yeah it's just it, a lot goes into it and and like mm-hmm. I, and i think you're a great example of someone who has like their own style they got their own sound they got their own you know you got you got all the things going on and obviously because you work your your work speaks for itself um mm-hmm. we got a we got a question from gail hakes west who is another amazing streamer here on twitch please everybody go give gail some love Love hanging out with Gail. She's a little silly, Billy. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. Uh, does it ever get tiring being called great for a female guitarist? And that's in quotes. Sorry if that came up earlier in the interview and I missed it. Oh, Gail, thank you for those biddies. And thank you for that question. I, I like, you know, honestly, Gail, I thought of this question too. And and I because I, because her talent speaks for itself, there's no, like, like, female like the best female guitarist like no ari o'neill is an awesome guitarist like it's mm-hmm. just, that's that's how i that's how i, I see it and thank um, you and, and and you being female and and you know and the cheeks and all that that's just bonus <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyways uh so have are you tired of hearing that or have you heard that all the time and i don't disagree like i'm great for a girl like they're they're absolutely right when they say that and i want to change that like that's what i'm working on right now and i feel like that that'll be the day when i'm completely fulfilled like for real when i can hear like oh yeah she's one of the best guitarists around like she's one of the best yeah because I understand, like, right now, for a girl, I am great. Like, for a girl. But as long as these other guys, like, my idol's out here killing it like that, and I know I can't go into a room with them right now. I, I mean, if I go into a room with them right now, I can hold my own, but I won't be able to own it. Mm. And I'm going to be real. Like, it's true. But I will be. Mm. I'm working on that, and I'm coming for that ass. But... <laughs> But yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm not gonna say I get tired of it, but I understand it, and I'm, I'm working on that. Hmm. Yeah, and, and and it's 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 only because there's just like an overwhelming amount of dudes who play guitar, and there's a very underwhelming amount of women who play guitar, and so it just happens to be that you stand out because you're a great guitarist who happens to be a woman. So yeah. I wish there was a Snaps emote. Ha, ha, ha. I want to get... Oh, <laughs> Snaps. <laughs> ah, nice. I got you. I got you, Mango. I got you. Believing that for her and with her. Mm. Who are uh, So who are some uh, artists that you want to work with? I mean, you've worked with some of the greatest in the industry. I mean, wh- where do you go from here? Um, I really want to do a rap gig. I did it with St. John, but... That was only like a couple of shows. Like, I want a rap gig. Like, I want to do like radio rap gig, but then like a real like hardcore rap gig. So like, I would love to do Drake. Nice. Um, 
yeah, I would love to do Drake, but as far as like some hardcore stuff, I want to do like Twenty One Savage, some Key Glock, like man, maybe even the baby. Like I want to get in. Well, the baby he's more like radio, but definitely Twenty One Savage and Drake. I want to get into that because I've never had a gig like that, mm. and I would also love to do a gig where it's not an all-girl band mm. and i experienced that with alicia keys um like it was some heavy hitters it was omar on keys he's jay-z's music director um it was adam blackstone he's the music director for everybody every award show you know him and bbe are just they have everything on lock um and mike reed who's actually from baltimore dope drummer plays for everybody and I was only girl, and I loved it. It felt like, it, it just felt really good. I would love to do a gig where it's not an all-female band. Like, I'm not just here because you need another girl. I'm here mm. because I'm good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. It's like, now, it, now you can kind of, you can kind of get uh, trapped into just being a f- part of, like, you know, just being a female guitarist. Now, now yeah. that's all you are, right? Like, yeah. in, in some aspects, which... Yeah. Wow. I. I mean. I. I. I guess I didn't expect that, but I, I mean, it makes completely complete sense. Um. So what? Uh, you know, kind of wrapping up here. Uh. What. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing with your free time now that all the gigs are gone and <laughs> we're just sort of saying, Harbingerman, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh. Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to say hi to no, Harbinger. Uh. But uh. Harbinger, what kind of guitar? do you have that i saw on your stream the other day just drop in the chat that thing it was beautiful anyways i'm sorry uh would please uh answer the question that i forgot that i asked oh <laughs> I the question was god this chat thing gets me uh it gets me sometime um, no you're good uh what did, um, what did i just ask you I don't even. I want to see the guitar now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what kind of guitar was it? <laughs> oh, the pandemic. What have you been doing in your downtime? Oh, sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, well, during the beginning stages, well, the pandemic. Literally, the day like everything hit hit, we were doing Houston rodeo with Lizzo. Like oh, the wow. next day, we were supposed to do it. Then I was like, oh. Never mind. We're not doing it. The whole rodeo got canceled. Let's have a pool party. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so there was a whole list of things, a whole bunch of shows. I was booked for the year. Yeah. Gone. So because all that was gone, I ended up getting hit up for a lot of uh, albums and stuff. Mm. So I've, I actually made a lot of tracks. It started off being featured on a couple of tracks. I can't say with who, but when his album comes out, I'm, I'll be screaming it to the heavens. I can't wait. Because <laughs> well, I'm so sense. honored to be a part of the album. Like, Were you doing home recording for these? Yeah, so nice. I had to learn. Like Literally, he hit me up saying, yeah, we need a guitar uh, for this album, so can you do it? Yeah, I can do it. All I had was a Mac. Didn't have a mic, not an interface, no nothing. No speakers, nothing. I had to go out and buy it. Wow. Did you know how to use that stuff? No, I had to learn. Oh, sharp. <laughs> yeah, no. And I had been in the studio before and done things here and there. like, But I always had somebody else with me. But we're in a, we're in a panorama. Like, we can't do that. <laughs> right. 
So uh, I ended up having to learn on my own. And from there, it's been calls after calls after calls. I have put out so many records and few that I've produced on my own for so many different people. Like something has got to hit next year. Yeah. So I know that album for sure. But then I've also been creating a lot of different songs for other artists as well. Oh, that's awesome. And what, what kind of genres are you working in? It started out with R&B. So mm. it's like a lot of R&B girls who uh, I've been doing work for. But then it went to some... I wish I could say the name. Dang! <laughs> it's okay. It's um, okay. We'll see. We'll be. I'll be watching. You'll see. I'll be watching your IG. I'll the last see. one I did was this guy who's actually in Asia, and they want to animate theme music. So oh, I did that. Sweet. Was I saw the an anime video on your YouTube? Are you in the anime, or was that part of the thing? Was that part of that project? Oh no, it was just a visual. I love anime, but <laughs> it's a song that I made uh, that I produced during the pandemic. It's the first. Literally, as soon as I learned how to down, or as soon as I downloaded Logic and I saw the little keyboard that you can use with the actual keys on the laptop. Yeah. I made that song <laughs> that day. Nice. Yeah, so I okay. ended up putting that out on YouTube. All right. What, what's your favorite anime? Because um, I know I got some anime lovers in the chat here. Good. <laughs> um, I think right now, I'm really into that anime on Netflix, Beastars. Mm. Um I'm also uh, watching One Piece right now. Of course, like the regular stuff like Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle, stuff like that. But right now it's B-Stars for me. There you go. There you go. Oh, and Carol and Tuesday. There you go, everybody. Go, go, go get it. Go get it. This is from, <laughs> this is from Harbinger, man. He, he was a little late. And so it's, you, you're fine, Harbinger. You're, you're all good. Um, mm -hmm. let me see. He said, how did you get your start before Beyonce? And we kind of went through that, but not, not too much. So how did you get your start before Beyonce? If you want to. Like, like gigging around DC, like stuff like that. I, I think I uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe guitar, I suppose. Uh, well, with guitar, like, I just heard a song on the radio that I really liked by the average white band. Really liked the rhythm guitar and that. And then I started at the Music and Arts Center. And then from there, my grandmother didn't, didn't like the fact that I didn't know how to read music. So we went to, or that I wasn't reading enough music. We ended up going to Levine School of Music. And I got a scholarship along with my little sister into their jazz program, mm. which surprisingly, I read even less music. I don't even think I read music at all in that program. I think it was more so like ear development. Mm. That's why I really got my start. And then the teacher that I was with, um, who a majority of my guitar teacher have guitar teachers have been bass players. Um <laughs> He played bass at a at a like a club called the Fish Market here okay. in um, Maryland. So I was 14, 15 at the time. He would just let me go in there and play. Like my whole family would come out, and I was definitely not supposed to be there. But <laughs> we would just sit around and play. Um, and then from there, he got me a gig with the gospel group at his church. He's the one who really gave me my start. And then from there, it was just like people who would come out to shows and be like, hey, I need a guitar player for this and that. 
just word of mouth stuff. And then from there, Instagram. I tried to get in the University of Maryland's program, and they told me no. They told me I'd be better at Howard. Mm. <laughs> that that seems a little seems a little something. Uh, yeah, it was the worst. Yeah, the worst. And then they wrote an article about me after I did Coachella. It's like, really? Y'all didn't uh, even let me in the program. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ari O'Neill, thank you so much for coming on the show. I super duper appreciate it. Uh, you, I mean, you, you, you were nothing but gold. Like you gave great advice. You were open. And, and how can people get a hold of you? And, uh, I, and we're also dropping links to your Instagram and stuff in the chat so people can get a hold of you. But is there anything that we should be looking out for? Or uh, where should we follow you? Is oh, your yeah. chance to promote or plug whatever you want. So, um, Ari O'Neill, Instagram, Ariel O'Neill, A-R-I-E-L O'Neill on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, I'm dropping a single soon, hopefully by the end of the month. It's called Home. I played it for Fender uh, during their artist check-in over the summer, but I never released it. So I'll be releasing it at the end of the month. Um, do you have anything else? So you're going to have something on Spotify then, just not right this second. Not right this second, but right now um, I have one single that I produced called Blush uh, with my dear friend, Vida Lenore. She's singing on the track. But um, yeah, it's called Blush by Ariana Moan on the beat and Vida Lenore. Ari, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. That was great. Thank you. This was, was fun. I'm glad that you had fun. so much Ari I super duper appreciate you coming on the show telling us how you feel about things and what you've been up to I had such a wonderful time talking to Ari she's such a lovely human being again go follow her on her Instagram to keep up to date with all that she is doing and also you could see you can get you can get a more uh, intimate look at Ari on her Instagram page. Um, so go over there and support your girl, Ari O'Neill. And uh, again, she is just such a phenomenal guitarist and um, and just such a joy and pleasure to talk to. I really enjoyed our conversation and I really feel like she gave us some good insight there on how to sort of approach you know, these bigger stages. So, wow, great conversation. Ari O'Neill, go give her some love. Go check out Raina Mystique at RainaMystique.com. Go check out twitch.tv slash Mystique. She's streaming. Actually, I'm, I'm recording this on a Thursday morning right now. So she's about she's about to get up. It's it's almost 6 a.m. and she's about to get up and start getting ready to go stream. Uh, so definitely come through Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then Saturdays. I guess she's just gonna do a wild card. There was, there's just never. I just never know what she's doing on Saturdays, but she wants to stream on Saturday. So there it is. Uh, you can go and follow We Speak English Good on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash We Speak English Good. Again, come through and hang out. The live streams are just off the chain. Uh, you can also like, subscribe, and review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter the whole thing we're there 
go like us. All the all the links are in the show notes. You can also uh, subscribe to us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also leave a review for the podcast. It's very helpful for us if you do that. So go do all those things. You can also write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. And that is that. Thank you guys so much for 300 amazing episodes. I really appreciate everybody who has been here for 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 years. I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing that it's been years and people are still coming back and still hanging out. And I, I truly appreciate that. Um, this show means so much to me. This show has has meant so much to me over the the years. It's it's benefited me personally and and uh, and in ways that I, I would have never imagined starting this. Like I started this show as a networking, a, a way to to network with people, but also sort of try to get past my own insecurities and communication drawbacks. And 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 it, it, I truly have achieved that, even though I I still hear myself talking. And it makes me cringe, and I hear myself go, you know, just all the uncertainty in, in, in my words. It still makes me cringe. I don't like it, but we're getting better, and that's what that's what I love about the show is that it's only gotten better. And like, I'm getting better, the show's getting better, I, the 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 guests are getting better. I I just feel like that it's it's just getting better. Wow. Very profound words on this 300th episode. Things are getting better, even if the world is falling apart around us. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I truly do love this this podcast. I love the live stream. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's so much fun, and it's so, so rewarding. And I, I just look forward to keep doing it. So um, here's the 300 more. We're going to keep going. We're going to see how it goes. And uh, that's it. I don't know. I don't. I, I keep trying to say some real profound shit here, but there's no. What, what, what's there to say? Is I, I just. I love this and I, I want to keep doing it. So thank you guys so much for your support for 300 fucking episodes. What the fuck? How the fuck did we even get here? That's amazing. It's, I mean, it's just it's such a, it's such a surprise to myself because I, I, I don't know. I just, just, this show has taught me consistency, um, and, and work ethic, you know, consistency in work, work ethic as well. And it's just, it's shown me so much about myself and, um, I, I'm just so grateful for it. So again, thank you guys and take care of your fellow human beings. Eight shades for everybody. Here's the 300 more motherfucking We Speak English Good shows.